Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast. We're calling this season Own Your Happy as we dive into practical ways to make room for happy in our hearts and in our homes. The desire for happy is in the heart of every human, and the desire for our kids to be happy is most definitely in the heart of every single mom. Together this season, we're gonna embrace the responsibility to make room for happy in our lives. And we're gonna empower our kids to embrace the responsibility for their happy as well. We'll learn all about a fearless mindset, internal locus of control and resilience, what those words mean, why they're important for us to understand and how to equip our kids with all of them. We'll talk about laughter, of course, as well. It is our theme verse after all. Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. In today's episode, we are talking about two valuable tools in our kids' tool belt. But I'll tell you this, They take intentionality and great effort and courage on the parents' part for our kids to build them. But I believe that we can, guys. We're all in this together. Our kids need it. We can help them develop it. Resilience and grit. guys, this is Julie Richard. I'm so glad that you are joining us for today's episode. I love today's topic. I love it because I truly believe that many of the negative trends that we are seeing in today's culture, I believe that this is the answer. There are choices we can make and actions we can take to reverse those trends for our kids and their friends. When you talk about the lack of emotional regulation, the lack of emotional resilience, the the increased anxiety and depression, the drift toward external locus of control, which we know is not good for kids, then it's very discouraging. But when you keep digging, you see that there's so much hope. There are choices we can make and actions we can take to reverse those trends, to arm our kids with what they need to live their best lives, to live happy lives, to have room for happy in their lives, to learn how to make room for happy in their lives. So that's what we're talking about today. I'd love to pray and we'll dive right in. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for motherhood. Thank you for our families. Thank you, God, for technology and community that we are all connected with this desire to be the best moms that we can be. God, I ask right now that you settle our hearts and minds and open our eyes and ears so we can see and hear what you want us to learn today so we can be the moms that you have created and called us out to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you follow Fearless Mom on social media, then you have likely seen me post a reel or two about a kid who I've no, I know I've posted one about my friend 
Betsy's daughter getting up on a saddle. I've also posted one about my friend Ariel, her daughter Hannah, getting her own water. I love to see moms capture video of their kids learning to do a task independently, particularly when there's struggle involved. It says so much about the child. It says so much about the mom. It says so much about the home. We know that our drift is toward busyness, toward overstimulation, toward hyper-scheduling and technology saturation, but we are, as fearless moms, embracing the responsibility to raise up, to equip our kids, to become resilient, competent, independent adults. And in so doing, we've talked about the skills that our kids need to develop, the opportunities they need to have, some tools that we can give them for their tool belt. We have talked about the critical nature of a fearless mindset and letting our kids know that you choose your mindset. Whatever your drift is, whether it's fixed or growth, then you choose a growth mindset plus a God mindset to have that fearless mindset. We said talked about that in a few episodes ago. And then we talked about the importance of internal locus of control and that we all drift toward one of the other, depending on situation and circumstance, but we want to build and feed that internal locus of control. And then we've talked about the importance of developing resourcefulness and self-control. Again, this is a process and it starts very young. For some of these guys, it starts when you find out you're pregnant because you've got to check your own mindset about all of these things. Remember mindset, not just what you think about one thing, but how you think about everything. And so when we talk about locus of control, resourcefulness, self-control, all of these things, it is a mindset about parenting, a perspective about parenting. And when we embrace the responsibility to choose a mindset, we first have to check it. And so, yeah, that begins as soon as, actually, you don't even have to be a parent or expecting to check your mindset and choose your mindset. But then we know that teaching our kids locus of control and feeding the internal locus of control, empowering them with resourcefulness and helping them build self-control, it is a gradual process that some days you feel like you are moving forward and other days you feel like you have, you know, gone back farther, you know, than you could imagine. But it's a process. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat over and over and over again. So today we're talking about resilience and grit. Well, moms and dads, we're going to have to develop resilience and grit in our parenting. And so if you follow Fearless Mom, you've watched us post videos of kids struggling to learn how to do tasks independently. We celebrate those tasks. We celebrate the struggle. We love to see moms cheering their kids on, standing there within a safe distance. We know that there's been teaching that has gone before it, and they're going through the process. Show them, help them, watch them, let them with the goal of independence. Why? Because independence builds competence, and competence builds confidence. But to continue struggling, to push through struggle, to choose to overcome difficulty and solve problems, our kids are going to need some resilience and some grit. I love celebrating struggle. I love 
teaching our kids that struggle is part of the process. I struggle, you struggle. I love it when kids have opportunities to see their parents struggle. So when parents talk about learning a new skill, trying something new, and struggling in the process, we're removing the shame of the struggle. We're making it normal and natural. We want to normalize it and celebrate it because we know it's part of the process. And building resilience and grit requires embracing the struggle. We've got to see that it is part of it. And we know that recent studies show young adults and college students are having significantly more trouble than in previous years making the transition to adult independence. That's across the board. If you talk to any leader on a college campus, they've seen this trend. Not every child, but we're definitely seeing the trend. One article described this generation of college kids as emotionally fragile, ill-prepared, and not able to handle the typical average ups and downs of college life. They lack resilience and grit. Resilience being simply the ability to bounce back after a setback. And the grit is the stamina despite the struggle. And we know that the trend is toward kids not having this. We believe that we have the responsibility to take an honest look at recent studies, at the overwhelming increase in anxiety and depression. And instead of looking at it and getting discouraged, we look at it and say, all right, is there anything I can do to prepare my kid so that he does have the resilience, so that she does develop the grit, so that she does know how to overcome difficulties and solve problems. She has that resourcefulness. She's built that self-control. We believe, yes, there are choices we can make and actions we can take right now, whether your baby is a toddler, a newborn, a preschooler, preteen, or teenager. What can we do to prepare our children for adulthood? I cannot predict the problems my child will face. I can't prevent the challenges my child will encounter. But I can do my best to set my child up for her best. I can do my best to set my child up for his best. And that's why we want to embrace and teach and empower our kids with a fearless mindset. We want to feed the fire of the internal locus of control. We want to help them build resourcefulness and develop self-control. And we can do this. We're all in this together. It takes hard work and you're going to have to go against the grain. That is not the natural drift. We want our kids to embrace these truths. I can get better. I can grow and learn. Struggle is normal, natural, and necessary for growth and learning. God is in control. He is always good, and His Word is trustworthy. We want to build these truths into our kids' DNA. We repeat it over and over again. We help them develop an internal locus of control, knowing I have the power to make choices that can change my situation, even if the only change is my perspective. I'm going to say that one again because I think this is huge. I have the power to make choices that can change my situation, even if the only change is my perspective. And I embrace the responsibility to control what I can, and I make peace with what I cannot, knowing 
that God is always in control. Now, every mom I know, every parent I know wants his or her child to be happy. I sure want my kids to be happy. But the studies and the research all support the idea that parents, in an effort to assure their kids happiness, we work to make life easier for our children, thinking that will lead to their happiness. But in turn, we're making life more difficult for them. Well-meaning, loving parents can, if we're not careful, hinder our children's intellectual, social, spiritual, emotional growth. In efforts to help our children find happy, we actually, if we're not intentional, we delay their development. If we really want our kids to be happy, if we really want our kids to develop what we know, research proves, leads them to a happy, fulfilled, successful life, then we are going to have to embrace the struggle. We're going to have to embrace it ourselves, model it ourselves so that we can then teach our kids. It's normal, it's natural and necessary. And that is a huge piece of developing resilience and grit. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more about grit and some truths that we can teach our kids that will build grit into their DNA. We want to give a special shout out to all of you who are part of Fearless Mom Groups. We have Fearless Mom Groups that meet in homes with just a handful of moms, and we have others up to 100 or 200 moms that meet in churches. If you're interested in starting a Fearless Mom Group in your area, we'd love to help you get started. Just shoot us an email at info at fearlessmom.com. That's I-N-F-O, info at fearlessmom.com. And we'd love to help you get started. Or maybe you're already part of a mom group, but you'd like to use the Fearless Mom curriculum. We can help you with that too. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you get started today. Thanks for helping us help as many moms as possible to enjoy this thing called motherhood. All right, we're embracing our kids' struggle. We're embracing our own struggle. We're modeling it for our kids. And now we're gonna talk about vocabulary that we can teach our kids to make grit and resilience part of their DNA. When we talk about grit, this is a term that we use a lot, and I don't want to assume that everybody has used it in this context. Angela Duckworth wrote the book Grit after much research. She taught middle school before she was a psychology professor, and she observed when she was teaching that the students that tried the hardest performed the best, and the students that didn't try hard didn't perform well. Her hypothesis was that natural intelligence wasn't as much a factor in these situations. So she started studying the role that effort played in a person's success. You want to talk about internal locus of control and something that a child can have no matter their situation or circumstance, and that is effort, something they can develop, effort. The effort and the tenacity and the perseverance, she calls this grit. Her research shows that grit is a major factor in a person's success. Her research suggests that when it comes to high achievement, grit may be as essential as intelligence. We know, we've seen it in our own lives, that 
Grit helps everything. We know that life is going to be hard. When we talk about setting our kids up to own their happy and to develop that internal locus of control and fearless mindset and resourcefulness and self-control, grit is huge in that development. This is our definition of grit. The stamina to stick with it despite the struggle. The stamina to stick with it despite the struggle. Our goal as parents is our kids' independence, and grit can play a huge role in our kids' move toward this independence, but not just independence, but a a more successful, fulfilling, a happier life. This perseverance, tenacity, hard work, and stamina is required for physical development. Think about it. Just how hard is learning to crawl and walk? And then think about anything, any sport, any musical endeavor, speaking or singing, physical development. Grit is a huge piece of that puzzle. Emotional development. We talk about developing self-control, learning how to identify, process, express emotions in a healthy, productive way. We've got to to learn to bounce back from a setback. We've got to learn to stick with it despite the struggle. Intellectual development, social development, spiritual development. Grit helps everything. Here's the good news. Grit can be taught and can be developed, but it requires a parent's embracing the fearless mom ground rules. I must get comfortable with my child's being uncomfortable. You guys, I know that you're sick of saying this, but I... I want it. I want you to hear it so much that you're sick of it, that you can say it back to anyone. You have to say it back to yourself, really. I must put my child's needs above my wants. I must separate my child's identity from my own. I must get comfortable with my child's being uncomfortable. I must put my child's needs above my wants. I must separate my child's identity from my own. I have to embrace these truths if I'm going to allow my child to struggle, which is required for developing grit. If grit is the stamina to stick with it despite the struggle, to develop it, you have to struggle. And it's one of the hardest things to do to watch our kids struggle. Now, to be sure, I'm going to go back to what I've said before. This is a gradual passing of the baton. Our responsibility as parents is to pass the baton of responsibility to our kids. It's a gradual process. It is a back and forth. Show them, help them, watch them, let them, cheering them on from the side. What do I mean by struggle? To strive to achieve or attain something in the face of difficulty or resistance. This is physical struggle intellectual, academic struggle. This is social struggle with friendships. This is spiritual struggles with faith. If anyone has been married longer than a week, you have hit a bump in the road. You have had to have some grit to do the work as you struggled. We want a happy, healthy marriage, but it requires work. It requires working to achieve or attain something, the happy marriage, in the face of difficulty or resistance. If we have attained any achievement, then you've likely had some struggle on the way to that achievement, and you had to choose to stick with it despite the struggle. It is part of life. It is part of motherhood. So we want our kids to build it early. Again, 
feeding that internal locus of control. You can do it. There are choices you can make and actions you can take to change the situation or perhaps just to change your perspective. And you can choose to stick with it despite the struggle. Romans 8, 28, we always embrace. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. A lot of times when our kids are struggling, maybe they don't make the team, they don't make the squad, they don't get the part, they aren't invited to the birthday party, they fail a class, whatever it is, whatever the difficulty perhaps we can't see the benefits of that struggle at the time. Maybe our kids are struggling because a family member has an illness. Maybe our kids are struggling because, you know, a family member has made a decision that negatively impacts them. We must trust and believe God's word when he says that even when we cannot see or feel the benefits of the struggle that he is at work. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. We can know that even if we don't see it, God is at work and we teach our kids that. That's why that God mindset is so important. We trust that there are benefits of struggle even when we don't see them. Now, I told you we're going to talk a little bit about vocabulary, how to develop some grit. Here we go. Work to prepare, not to protect. I know that my reflex is to protect, but my responsibility is to prepare. So I am cheering my child on. How do I cheer my child on? I'm going to praise the process, not the product. Instead of saying, you're so smart, we say, you worked so hard. Think about this. Compliment and praise the character, not just the achievement. What is it that your child is exhibiting? If you want them to build resourcefulness, self-control, resilience, and grit, then that's what you're praising. I see that you were frustrated, but you continued working. I can tell that you have gotten better because you practiced. You tried a new strategy. You know what? You were discouraged and you wanted to give up. You took a break and came back to it. And I see that you figured it out. That practice really paid off. You really stuck with it. You worked so hard. We're praising those characteristics we want them to exhibit, the you know qualities we want them to have, the tools in their tool belt we want them to have, resourcefulness, self-control, resilience, and grit. So we want to complement that. That's huge in our vocabulary. And go ahead and use the words. Here is a big one. We want to teach our kids how to think, not what to think. We want their brains to learn how to figure things out, to think things through, to think critically and to problem solve, to overcome difficulties. So we want them to, they develop the resilience and grit through thinking through it. And so here are tiny little changes in the way we can respond to them. When your child says, mom, what does this word say? Catch yourself. And instead of saying the word and giving the answer, remember in our last episode, we talk about we want to, we have to create the opportunity, the time, and the space for our kids to learn and grow, for them to develop resilience and grit, resourcefulness, and self-control. So I'm going to practice the pause here, and I'm going to stop myself and say, what do you think it says? Mom, what's two plus eight? What do you think it is? Mom, how do you spell 
Hippopotamus, how do you think you spell it? Now, remember, guys, our reflex is to answer because that's quicker. We're moving fast. But if we embrace the responsibility to raise up resilient, competent, independent adult kids, then we also embrace the responsibility to create opportunity, time, and space. And we are adopting an ASAP lifestyle, as simple as possible, where we simplify It's in a whole nother episode about simplifying intake, simplifying calendar, and simplifying environment. That will give us more space, more time to help them develop this. Mom, can you help me with this? Well, let me watch you try first, and then maybe we can do it together, and then I'll let you finish it by yourself. See how you're moving toward independence instead of just doing it for them? Mom, do you know what this word means? Well, ask them. How is it used? What do you think it means? Let's read the words around it. Let's look it up together. Or if you've gotten to the point, if you've done this enough, you can now just tell them to look it up. Again, it's a gradual passing of the baton, but we want to teach them how to think, not what to think. You've got to train yourself. And that is hard because our reflex is to answer the question, but answer their question with another question. This encourages critical thinking, taking time to think and talk things through, come to a conclusion based on what we know is real and true. Critical thinking about everything, not just simple things about what does this spell or what does this mean, but thinking through problems. We want this to transfer from tiny problem solving to solving big problems. And then we want to make sure that we're giving support, but not a safety net. We cheer our kids on. We're their biggest fans. And we let them suffer natural consequences, and celebrate natural consequences of their decisions. Why do I say suffer and celebrate? Because consequence simply means what follows. So we want to say, God, help me to see when my kid's doing the right thing. I want to celebrate that. Often, our eyes are drawn and our attention is drawn only to the negative. We certainly have to pay attention to that, but we want to pay equal attention to what they're doing right and what they're doing well. And so we want to give them opportunity to celebrate positive consequences of their choices. And then we want to allow them the time and space to suffer the natural consequences if they're negative of their decisions. We start backing off gradually when it comes to grades or their academics. We're nearby. We stay in touch with the school. We encourage them as soon as they're old enough to communicate with their teachers and coaches on their own. We cheer them on from the side. I believe in you. I love you. But you chose this, and now this is what happens. We're teaching cause and effect. We really want to push them. Every decision we're making is, yes, because we love them, and we're embracing the responsibility to take step by step toward autonomy and independence. We want to prepare our kids for the path, not the path for our kids. We can do this. And guess what, guys? This is not just Angela Duckworth's study or Carol Dweck's study about growth mindset. There's so much in scripture about the value of struggle. And so I'm going to close with these two scriptures because I think this is very encouraging. As moms, we definitely want our kids to be happy. I don't know if you've ever heard, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And that is so true. But we know 
that struggle is part of life and there are so many benefits. It's not just an opportunity for growth, but a necessity for growth. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says this, We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Look at that. Paul was talking about grit way before Angela Duckworth. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with this love. Man, talk about a great scripture to memorize when you are, or to have written down on a card on your mirror when you are going through a season of struggle. How about James 1, 2 through 4? Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It's an opportunity to develop joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I love that scripture tells us these things that are applicable today. We read these new books, this recent research, and we think, oh, this is amazing. And then God is like, okay, let me let me show you in scripture where I said that many, 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 many years ago. God is so good and so gentle and so kind with us. He encourages us. He cheers us on. He gives us what we need to do the task he's called us to do. How grateful we are to serve such a mighty God who will give us what we need to help our kids develop this resilience and grit and to help us develop it too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fearless Mom Podcast. Through every conversation, every practical tool, and every moment we can point a mom to hope, we are so honored and grateful to share it with you. And if you're loving these conversations, let your friends know. Tell them about the Fearless Mom podcast. It's the best way for moms to find out about our show. Also, we'd love it if you'd share a review or maybe leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And find us on Instagram at fearless underscore mom to stay up to date on all things Fearless Mom on all news and all events. We'll see you next time. And remember, mom, you're not alone. We're all in this together.